Howdy, partners. We are back again. I've got Ben. I've got Will. The whole gang's here taking a, a little break. I mean, it's U.S. Thanksgiving, so we're busy. I started a new job. How's everyone doing? Good. I'm doing good. PLX happened. It was fantastic. Um, things are going well. Yep. Yeah, and I'm, I'm doing all right, mate. Um, without a job at the moment, but... Um morale is high and i'm feeling feeling good and yeah i think uh shout out to the the team at partner hacker i know we'll just mention plx but that was a that was a fun time that was um that was a lot of uh a lot of good a lot of good content um got to meet a lot of interesting people off the back of it as well so yeah kudos to the to the team at partner hacker that was uh that was fun yeah, well, I um, unfortunately wasn't able to attend uh, first week of work, but it's funny. I, I've seen nothing but amazing things. I am going to be spending time just kind of going through some of the recordings and the courses, but it seems like it was pulled off in amazing fashion. And it's funny, um, you know, one of the one of my colleagues or new colleagues that I met literally day one, he slacks me. He's like, Hey, are you attending PLX? I'm like, Hey, no, but that's awesome that you are like, go for it. So it, it's just crazy how that just kind of like spider web through the network. So, um, good on you guys. I hope, you know, we're going to be, we can all be a part of that, uh, from a howdy partner standpoint, but I'm excited to see what you guys do with that more. Yeah, it was a, a big moment and I'm glad that it got through the network effects into uh, your team and your company. That's exactly what we were intending. And um, we couldn't have made it possible without anyone else but the ecosystem themselves. So Ben, thank yeah. you for playing a, a role in helping us. And Tom, I know that your support <laughs> was was warmly welcomed. Yeah. Um, for today's topic, um, I know, Ben, you were going to ask the questions, but Tom, I want to hear about your perspective, starting your new role in the organization. We're going to be talking about the politics of partnerships and really getting the buy-in across all of the departments and getting the support from the entire business. And so, Tom, I'm curious what it's like for you right now, joining the organization. What are some of the things that you're being aware of stepping into this new role when it comes to the mindset of partnerships for the business? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, self plug here. Yeah. Started a new role at SAS labs. I'm super excited joining up with a lot of very smart people just in, in partnerships in the industry. Um, and actually I think my answer, I'll probably have a little bit of a different answer than I've, I've experienced in the past. And, and Ben will like, we've all experienced in the past in that's at this new company, it seems like everyone is bought into partnerships. Uh, that's why they started to hire around, you know, building a channel team, building tech is because one, they had, they had the partner relationships there and they, they, they too saw it as a viable path to grow over the next five years. So, you know, in, in this instance, I actually haven't experienced a lot of the politics, um, that, that can happen with that said, and we'll get into this. I, I think, regardless of whether you you see that or not or you see maybe some friction or pre-connotated notions on you know like partnerships in general i'm still taking the right steps to build proper relationships and and trust um to avoid that or to maybe like kind of start off on the right foot so you know that's meeting with a lot of the the key and critical departments that that partnerships is built off of which is you know marketing product sales of course and 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 honestly like 
every department can help your partnerships team. So, so really like just, just building that network, meeting with the head of marketing, meeting with, you know, everyone in marketing, meeting with product. And that's creating a lot of good relationship building up front because I'm hopefully aligning them to kind of like what we're doing and, and keep in mind, like we don't have a channel partner program in place. Technically, like we're building that out, but we want, I'm, I think it's critical for everyone in those, in those key departments to know kind of what we're building and why and how do they play a role and how do we play a role in, in their success. So that's been my experience so far. I mean, I could tell you experiences at, at other organizations probably differs. Will and I, I'm sure we'll talk about that, but yeah, that's, that's what I've started to do. Yeah. When you were talking through that, I was like, okay, even if it's feeling good, you should still take those actions because yeah. uh, even when we approach our partners, there's always the good idea of partnering but the execution piece is the one that uh, yeah. a lot of people will have attrition on. I mean, but, it, the, and the last thing I'll say is like, you know, you see it all the time. You see it on LinkedIn, it, people shouting from the rooftops, like partnerships, the a partnerships team cannot work in a, in a, on an Island in a vacuum. And you can't like, that is so true. And so by, by starting your journey, whether, you know, you're just starting in a new job or like you've been there for two years, but you're starting to feel the effects of like, Hey, I should probably be sharing what we're doing versus kind of like just trying to drive my own success with the partners. That's, that's exactly what you need to do. Ben, what it. do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I agree with, um, I agree with, with Tom wholeheartedly. I think I've, I've seen it from both sides of the, of the fence, so to speak, but I think if I'm just talking generically about, I guess, tips or advice I'd have for anybody starting a net new role, it would be just following on from what Tom said, I'd, I'd make it a priority to meet with all the key stakeholders that are going to be really driving indicators of a, of a successful partnership program. So you look at product, you look at marketing, you look at sales, you look at CS, I'd make it, you know, a first couple of week activity to get in front of those people, understand, um, what's good in their roles, what they're aiming to do, what their OKRs are, what their metrics and bonused on. Um, and having that in your back pocket and that information available will really help you build out your partnership, partnership strategy holistically so that you're able to help and influence each department inside of an organization. And so, um, so yeah, just doubling down on what Tom said, regardless of whether partnerships is like you're a partner first organization, let's say, where everybody understands and is behind partnerships, or you're going in as a fast first partnership hire and actually building and scaling a program. Um, I think the advice is the same is to prioritize meeting with, with key stakeholders and, and try and influence them from a, from an early stage. Yeah. And I, I know we were talking before about maybe some of the more important departments, uh, to partnerships. And I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I think product is probably the, the number one that you should start with because their road mapping is so far in advance that you need to get in front of them a lot sooner. Um, and also they probably have a better lay of the land within the business because they have to talk to the CS team. They have to talk to the sales team. They have to talk to the marketing team. Product is, uh, in my opinion, the most closely tied to partnerships based on the connections that they have internally. And I would say that there's probably too much of a focus on the sales side and the marketing side when it really pushes towards revenue versus the product team Yes, they have KPIs and objectives, but they're mostly focused on client value and building yeah. the solution. And so I think getting in there, one, I believe that they have 
good influence internally because they do have those relationships. But two, again, it, it requires the road mapping into the future. And the quicker you get in, the better you're going to be able to include partners in that road mapping because they'll be much more bought in. But what do you guys think? What do you think? Or, product or, or, exclude, or exclude partners, right, Will? Because I think you, you started off by saying like when to include partners, but I think the opposite is true in terms of like, I had a conversation today with Devin at Reputation and in a previous role, he was saying that he'd put a load of effort into building out these potential integration partnerships and then product did a massive U-turn and basically built out those capabilities in their product. And so it kills yeah. the relationship immediately. And um, and I think, yeah, to your point, like setting a direction from, okay, what are we not going to build in our product and who can we then partner with to fill those gaps? But also what does our roadmap look like over the next two years? Because if you're going to build out that, that feature, um, then then it kind of is, is a waste of time and energy, I would say, to go out and then have those conversations, spend a lot of time and energy in, in developing them and then in, in not getting anywhere. So so I think you're spot on in what you said, but maybe just an, an added added point of that also knowing what partners to exclude potentially as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I well and I think it's it like the more you talk about this, Ben, there's I think there's two ways to look at it. Like when you consider, you know, tech partners or integrations, that is very much future thinking, like making sure you're transparent up front and, and you really need to like have that, that keen eye to say, yes, we're including these partners or we're excluding because we're, we're building that parallel product inside. And then if you look at the channel side or like more of your solutions or service-based partners, that's almost like the, 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 the glue to like scaling your product behind the scenes because you know, to me, the service-based agencies who are, you know, I don't want to say putting their reputation or brand on the line to scale around your product, but to some degree they, they are, right? Like if they're bullish about putting out a strong tech stack and your product or your, 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 your technology is one of those pieces, uh, well, take that feedback to heart. Like take the commonalities, like what they see as strengths and then, you know, they have so much visibility, like like HubSpot ecosystem, the pipe drive ecosystem, all these different products, CRMs, whatever it is, they know where that product's heading. And if you're integrated with it, great, but they know how to get you to that next phase. Like they are going to be, you know, one of your, your, your biggest advocates and how you push forward from a product standpoint. And so it's just like, you know, taking, taking, I, I and what I, one thing I will say to that is you can, you can overkill that. Like, I'm not saying take all of your channel, like hundred channel partners and use them as, you know, product feedback. Let's take maybe the top five or 10 that you have very strong, transparent and honest relationships with that can, that can do the same thing with your product team. And it's just creating like very parallel uh, synergies to grow your product better. Yeah. And you were mentioning, it's kind of like the, the round table yeah. of, uh, of those partners. And so how would you say you can make that decision for which partners are right. You obviously mentioned not a hundred of them, maybe, you know, five, maybe 10 of them. How do you make that decision? Is it the ones that are most closely related? Is it the ones who are most engaged? Is it, you know, the bigger ones? Is it the uh, smaller ones? But I don't know, maybe their business acumen is, is a lot stronger. How are you thinking of making the decision for those that sit on that round table? Um, I've got a couple of thoughts around this. The first is going to be, their mindset so like you'll you would know you would know the partners that you have a really strong partnership mindset 
or relationship with like it goes back to what we talked about before like are they do they see you as a vendor do they see you as a strategic partnership that's helping to scale both businesses so when you have that level of trust then it should come naturally to like be like okay i, I want them to sit at the table but you bring up a good point on on you know what other what other facets or, or uh, pieces influence that well i mean yeah i look at uh, opportunities generated and revenue as, as one piece, but how that ties back to product isn't necessarily, you know, a strong bond unless you really see it. To me, it's like, who are the partners that are like stress testing the crap out of your product day in, day out? Like they're, they're the ones, you know, standing up in a, like a, a secondary integration that you didn't even know you had because they're solving for their clients. They're, they're, they don't take like natural product features to, 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 to be like the end path. Like they're going to stress test and build through the roof. Those to me, just like gut wise are people that I would want to sit at the table with our product team. Um, but uh, Ben, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a, there's a good answer to this. Cause I think it does vary, but like, I think the key attribute would be engagement. I don't really, I don't really think it it's dependent on size or revenue bought in or anything like that. But ultimately I think it comes down to who are your most engaged partners, who are your most bought in partners and who are the ones that are actually going to give you valuable feedback. Um, yeah. I think you run the risk of just including like your highest revenue partners or, you know, your, the largest partners, let's say, because I think <laughs> they have so many partners that you might not be a priority and they might not be able to give you kind of candid feedback. So, I guess that would be my comment on it is, is the most important partners are probably the most engaged ones that are, that are willing to dive in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no real scorecard to that, which it, it, so you gotta, you gotta go off your gut. Yeah. It's like choosing those trusted advisors uh, for a company. You'd have to do the same yeah. Yeah. for uh, your partners as well. And so um, I want to dive into some of the challenges that are associated with one, building the political landscape or influencing it, but then two, what happens if you don't have the seat at the table yourself within an organization? Um, Tom, tell us about you know past experiences and what that resulted in, and then we can dive into like how we help to manage that. Yeah. Um, well, Will, this is, I would say, like the, the experience that I'm thinking of is something that you and I both felt. Um, I, the relationship... So established companies and you know you come into a partnership team that's maybe established and and now there's all these you know assumptions or relationships that are either there or not the one that comes to mind is definitely with marketing and i i, I think i think like a bullish young partner team that is scaling you know I, I, or acquiring partners beyond the roof like this is really where you need to shape how you want to go to market from a or go go to market from a co-marketing standpoint because I've seen it, well, I've experienced it where it's spun out of control, meaning partner managers are requesting, you know, co webinars through marketing all the time. And it's just like, ask, ask, ask versus like a more uh, uh, sustainable, like ask and give. So it's hard. And, and, and what happens is, you know, now when we start to maybe build a more succinct roadmap and, and, you know, like focusing on our top tech partners that are actually driving marketing value, marketing will stand back and be like, no, like we, we've been burnt in the past. Like, yes, we might include partners, but we're going to do it our own way. And that's a really, really bad approach. I'm not saying that's a bad approach for marketing, but you know, you've kind of set the, the, the stone to the fire and this is where we're at. So to me, 
it's really important to just go back to the basics, call a timeout, like, Hey, you know what? I'm just starting at this company or, you know, like I can see this spiraling out of control. Let's take a pause and figure out a more cohesive approach, which is how, how, how do my partners or how does partnerships influence your success marketing and vice versa? So now you're starting to build off this strong, like North star that you're both trying to target together. Forget about the past. That's really hard to do when you don't sit on the marketing side sometimes, but you've just got to keep running that home. Yeah. And you have to do a lot of backtracking and yeah. there's that, uh, that friction of, well, we think we know how this is going to go. And then, you know, if there's new people coming in or there's changes to the program and, you know, the partner team knows that it's going to be different. It's hard to go back on that because that internal trust is not as well established. And so, yeah. And, um, yeah. I was sorry to mean to interrupt because I'm very passionate about this piece. Here's the really like just the, in a nutshell, if you have that happening, come back to the table, come back to the table with marketing and be like, you know what? This is the co-marketing uh, kind of rules and regulations that we have. We're going to throw that out the window. And what we want to do now is we want to build our co-marketing efforts uh, or our co-marketing cheat sheet, like what partners can and can't do together. And we want your input because ultimately, you know, you might be, you might have some accountability in, in execution, but like, let's put something in front of our partners that shows them exactly what they can do, what they can't uh, in that model. And, and now there's no friction. Like you guys built this, we're, we're adhering to it. It's, it, it sounds simple, but it's not. And in the same vein, it's something that you could absolutely do. Go back and just throw it out and start fresh. And Ben, I, I know that you are great at like staying top of mind um, with the internal team. So what are some of the things that you've done in the past to keep partnerships top of mind? And when I think of this in the context of, you know, the political landscape of a business, you can have a really good conversation once, but that'll fizzle out. So you really do need to stay top of mind. So how have you done that in the past then? So I think um, one of the things I'm extremely kind of passionate and bullish about is is the creation of a, a memorandum or a manifesto or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, and the basic concept of that is that you meet with these people to have an initial first conversation and from that get some really tangible outcomes that you are going to help them with and they are going to help you with. So again, let's, let's use CS as an example. We might have a conversation, we'll talk about their OKRs and they say, okay, net retention is a big push as it is with all CS managers. And so my benefit or what I can give them in order to improve net retention is by using tools like Reveal and Crossbeam, figuring out where we have overlaps with other partners and then furnishing them that information. So when they have difficult renewal conversations, um, I'm able to bring in the partner to influence that conversation. Alternatively, it then becomes from my side, but what I need from you is your CSMs to promote our partners and get them leads as well, right? And so there's this give and take that happens, but you actually document that in a manifesto or a memorandum have them agree to it, even sign it in some cases. So it is like an official document. And then from there, actually having like a monthly check-in where you come to the table, you review what you've talked about, what you've signed off on, um, and actually maybe setting up some kind of lightweight dashboards, which is like, okay, how many leads have the CS team referred to partners this month? And if it's zero, you can then have that kind of difficult conversation around, I've held up my side of the bargain. Why are we not getting leads to our partners? What else can we do? And so it creates a, a process for you to follow and also checkpoints, which you can use to iterate and improve on process. So um, I think that's that's probably the, 
the best tip I'd give people is to come to some agreement and actually document that um, so that everybody's on the same page, there's no misunderstanding, and they've actually signed off on what they're going to do to help you as well. I like that. I'm I'm an advocate for contracts, whether they are physical or psychological, um, and that has like it drives the accountability and that responsibility, which I think is really important. And there's this other idea of staying top of mind in like Slack, sharing the wins that happen to each teams. And I actually came across this idea of having an internal podcast as well. Not that everyone needs to start producing a podcast, but it could even be, you know, a five to 10 minute video update that happens every week. And it's from the partner team talking about all the wins and it goes out to the entire company. Maybe it's your email, maybe it's on Slack. Um, I think that would be another interesting thing to, to play with where you're doing kind of that roundup. So it's so top of mind that they it's not like they can say, well, I don't know how partnerships are impacting the organization. They have the weekly cadence of that information on how it's impacting. And um, I would say that in any kind of engagement with those leaders, if you tie it back to the overall company goals, then it's hard for them to say, I'm not going to put effort into this or I'm not going to agree to this. And so what I think one of the most important things is, uh, yes, understand what their goals are, but tie it to the North Star because everyone's moving towards that North Star in their own way. And if you're saying that partnerships helps you in your OKRs and that brings us all to that North Star, then it's, again, hard for those leaders to say, well, this, why am I doing this? This doesn't actually align with the whole movement of, you know, why this company's in business. I, and then from there, it has that trickle down effect. Yeah. And I think people that listen to this, they're thinking, oh, like, shit, I've got to create my own podcast now. Like, <laughs> a really simple way to do it, like, Loom is free, right? Like, you can download a free version of Loom. Um, and what I did at Help Scout in, like, my first month is I just did a Loom every month, which was like, hey, this is the partnership strategy. If it changed, this is the change. And like, we've just bought on this person. He's going to be doing this. And so it can just be like a PowerPoint presentation with an overlay of, of, of loom, right. Which just gives them that, that update, um, and allows them some transparency into what you're doing in the program and what you require from. But I love that. will like the, the, the constant update because then nobody should be confused right and again it's that accountability piece of i don't know what's going on with partnerships war i post a loom like every month right now you do. yeah exactly so so i i really like that idea and you can you can definitely do lightweight ways of of getting that message out via via loom vidyard you know whatever platform you you want to use yeah so in summary what you should be doing whether you are brand new starting the program or just entering into an existing program or if you've already had an established program, you've been there for a while, make sure that you are talking to these department heads. And I would venture to say most of the new people that join as well, you should be, uh, I don't want to say indoctrinating, but getting them on board with, uh, with partnerships because then they'll have that initial context on how important it is where you can say, hey, listen, I talked to your leader. We talked about these goals, and this is how your team helps towards this partner goal and, of course, your own goal, which all leads up to that internal uh, North Star that we're all moving towards. And so step one is make sure you're having those conversations and do it regularly. So if you're doing something like a memorandum, then make sure that you're reviewing that every quarter or every month and stay top of mind by 
having those meetings, but then also the regular cadence of information within the organization. And from there, it'll be hard for people, again, like we've been talking about to say, well, I don't know what's going on, or I don't know the impact. And they will understand the importance and therefore act through it and be more likely to, of course, take action when it comes to, hey, I need this you know, marketing program or I need this referral to this client because they understand how important it is versus like Tom, we talked about where we come to marketing and it's just all these requests and they're exhausted by it and the process isn't built out and it's just overwhelming for them and they stop taking action because they don't understand the importance. It's not leading up to their overall goals and it's just been all of this take, take, take over time. Mm-hmm. Any, anything to add? for those steps that we should take no i mean i think i once again like we'll call it out we partnership professionals need to be our own biggest cheerleaders so you know to ben's point like get your word out there whether people want to see it every week or not your success is shared success and i think it just points to you know like yes a lot of this might be very partner facing in theory but most of this is solved just internally through process development and you know, like you might be in operations, you might not be, but like, you got to have somewhat of that hat on and think about like, how do we win together? How are we building efficiencies together? Yeah. And, and I, I guess final point to leave, leave the listeners with is like, it also is really important to influence the C-suite and like yeah. what I mean by the C-suite is actually the CEO all the way down, because if you get the CEO on board and he's backing your message around like partnerships affecting or impacting the entire organization, it makes your job just that little bit easier because there's less influencing you have to do because he is directly influencing everybody underneath him. So I guess, or him or her, sorry, that was, that was rude of me, him or her. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah. So I think that's the final point I would leave people with is um, start at the top if you can. Um, and that influence should disperse down and, and make your life a little bit easier as a, as a partnership leader. There you have it. Tune in next time for some more Howdy Partners goodness. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Happy U.S. Thanksgiving. <laughs>